I want to ask everyone here, who wants to make a big change in their life? Can we just, everyone, well, nearly everyone here could see some kind of a big change happening in their life. And uh, of course, since the topic is big change, I found a joke about Texas. (laughs) Right? Now, and I think this is actually fine, even if you're from Texas, because there is that kind of things are bigger, things are grander, things are better idea in Texas that follows through beautifully in this joke. So a Texan, while visiting Toronto, Canada, found himself in the back seat of a taxi cab on his way to the hotel. Passing by the Royal York Hotel, the Texan asked the cab driver, what's that building there? That's the Royal York, explained the cabbie. The Royal York. Now, how long did it take to build that, asked the Texan. Oh, about 12 years, replied the cabbie. 12 years? We build them twice. Oh, I should try to do the accent, shouldn't I? Let's see. 12 years? We build them twice as high, twice as wide, and four times as as long down in Texas, and we can do it in six months. All right, I'm leaving the accent behind. All right. It was a good effort, though. A while later, the cab driver makes his way past the Metro Toronto Convention Center. What's that building over there? That's the Metro Toronto Convention Center, replied the cabbie. How long did it take to build that, asked the Texan. Oh, about three years. Three years? Why, we can build them twice as high, three times as long, and four times as wide down in Texas. It would only take us a few weeks. Shortly after that, the cabbie drives past the CN Tower, which I I believe is the, the tallest building in Toronto. What's that building there, asked the Texan. Dang Defino, replied the cabbie. It wasn't there this morning. (laughs) So he had to get even, I guess. All right. So we're going to talk about big changes today. In fact, the title of of my talk is, Is Bigger Better? And I have good news and I have bad news. First, the good note. First, the good news. There is nothing that is too big in the concept of God. No matter what your problem is, no matter what you'd like to see that would be different, no matter what big change you were thinking of when you raised your hand, it is nothing to the power and the presence that is God. If you think about it, the way we define God is that God is everything, every situation, every person, place, every, you know, God is the cosmos. As, as uh, Arlene so beautifully said when she did the opening prayer, God is that vastness of everything. And if God could create that, if God can keep all of that running in such perfect order, then how could we possibly think there would be something too big for God to work on in our own life. So that's the good news, is that there is nothing that is too big for the purview of God. And so from that perspective, when I ask, um, what's the big change you want to make in your life? I know a lot of people might be saying, well, maybe it's a fundamental change in finances, or maybe it's a new job, or maybe it's improving a relationship. Maybe it's some kind of a transformation that's taking place in your own family. Okay, but what about even a bigger thing? I think we're used to working within our own perhaps smallish circles of influence, our own smallish circles of what success looks like and goodness looks like. So what about even bigger things? What about claiming luxuriant wealth? 
What about claiming personal charisma? What about claiming things that, that, that when you even say them, you go, my gosh, that's really stretching. What about claiming that perfect relationship based on unconditional love? I got to tell you, though, this is even just the start. What about the really, really, really big things? What about world peace? Why do we seem limited in our idea of God coming to our co-creative sort of rescue on such a small scale? What about knowing that there is a new abundant energy source that is 100% non-polluting and that we have it right now? What about the solution to world hunger and knowing that tonight, for the first time in the history of this planet, everyone goes to bed with a full stomach? What about these as really big things? And why does somehow, when we're doing our own prayer work, our own affirmations, why is it that we seem to seem um, smallish, I guess? Is it perhaps ourself? And here's the, I remember I said good news and bad news and you were waiting for the bad news. Well, here's the bad news. There may be no big or, or small in God, but there is seemingly a big and a small in us. When we think about our own lives, and I don't know why this is, maybe it's inertia, right? Maybe we're used to living our lives the way our lives are right now. And so to us to stretch that much further would seem uncharacteristic or difficult. Maybe it's that claiming those really big things, like let's take something like luxuriant wealth. Doesn't even the word sound nice? And I bet though, if you're like me, there's a little voice in the back of my head that would just kind of be uncomfortable with that thought. And in fact, the other, the other day in um, foundations class, where we were doing um, some exercises and information around the law of attraction. And I thought, Larry, before you do this class, let's stretch your own idea of the law of attraction. And what is it, what, like, 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 could you imagine what would be the most luxuriant or the most rich thing that you could imagine in your own life? And so I went to this picture of one morning getting up and going to the front door to see if there was any mail, bo- mail in the mailbox. And I opened the door and there is the largest brown paper bag. And in the largest brown paper bag, it is filled with $100 bills. And in fact... It's $1 million sitting on my front porch in a brown paper bag. And I thought, in preparation for this class, I thought, all right, well, I could accept that, couldn't I? And you know, I started thinking about it. Like, where did the money come from? Maybe this is somebody else's money. Would I need to maybe call the police and see if money had been stolen? And you know what? The minute that I did that, what was I doing? I absolutely, (laughs) I killed my own ability to receive a million dollars. How often do we do that fairly systematically? Whether it's in the matter of finances, in the matter of love, whether it's in the matter of a great job or a wonderful environment to live in, whether it's in the relationships with our own family, how often do we look 
at our heart's desire right in the face. Maybe we just open the door and there it is. And we say, well, that must belong to somebody else. And today I want us to examine that a little bit. Because this isn't a matter of God. God easily could have that million dollars show up in a brown paper bag on my doorstep and it would come at the expense of nobody else, right? No one else would have been harmed or troubled or hurt in any way. That money could just be there because what I know is God creates all money, right? All of the money that's created on this planet comes through the arms and legs of people, which are the arms and legs of God. And if God can create it and and have it so lavishly abundant in banks and convenience stores, why can't it be in a brown paper bag in front of my own home? It absolutely can. And so how do we stretch our own ability to know that it is for us, that this ability to attract our God knows no bounds, is not made small somehow with our own ideas. How can we blow that out of the water? And and I wanted to quote briefly from the book we're using this month, Love and Law, because here's the way Ernest Holmes says that it often works. And here he's talking about um, a patient of his that he went to visit. And he said, now if you sit down beside your patient and say, this poor fellow has tuberculosis, and gosh, that's pretty bad, and I'm going to see what I can do for him. Maybe I can do as well as somebody else, but it sure does kind of look like a hopeless thing, but I'll do the best I can for him. So how well do you think this is going to work out? Yeah, Ernest Holmes says, you will never be able to heal him. (laughs) And I think that sometimes that's how we approach our our own problems. We know that God is the co-creative power in the universe. We know that God is poised like that infinite doer and maker that God is, poised on our word. But what word do we deliver into it? Are we a little murky? Do we say, well you know, I'd really like to have this thing, except it's pretty big, and, you know, I'm not very important, and I've tried to pray for this before, and it kind of didn't work before, and, and oh my God, you're right back there again, right? You're right back there, and not claiming you're good, but claiming something less than you're good, claiming some kind of watered-down compromise. Well, I am saying today that we should let our watered-down compromises go by the wayside. It is time to release our idea of what is good enough and brace what is good. It is time for us to put aside what will what we'll do, what is just a little stretch for us, and instead embrace something that's wonderful. I've been... Um, working with a nutritionist recently and, and trying to uh, improve my health a little bit, right? And, and so I have this vision of me maybe as being a triathlon. And, uh, and Al Kaufman was here with the first service, and when I said that, he started laughing. And I'm thinking to myself, that's my trouble. When I say it, I start laughing too. But what I know is I could do that, With the training, with the effort, with paying a little more attention to exercise and diet, I absolutely could participate in something like that. And you could too. Whatever it is in your own heart, in your own mind, that represents that triathlon, whether it's having the very best and perfect job that suits you to a T, whether it's having the family life that you want that is harmonious and beautiful and respectful and loving, 
Whether it's having that luxuriant wealth that we talked about. What I know is God has all of these things and has them for you. The other part of my talk today on is bigger, better. So there's no big and no small in God. But what I do know is if you want to have something big, something really important, something really lavish, something really good in your life, then you do have to have the big idea. You have to be able to upscale whatever it is your current idea of goodness is. Because what I know is your current idea of goodness is out picturing in your life right now. So when you look around your world right now and you look at your relationships, you look at your finances, you look at your job, and and this is regardless of whether you're well-pleased with it or find it lacking, what you're seeing in your life right now is your concept of good. And so if we want to upscale, then what we're seeing in our life, our ideas have to get bigger. We need to feel bold. We need to feel active. We need to feel excited about what we want to see happen in our life because that's what can overcome our thoughts of smallness and littleness. The other thing that we need to do is have the biggest concept of God that we can. And when we merge that big concept of God, which we know can do everything, can be everything, is capable of moving mountains, it's that God that created the universe, and so certainly it can create here on earth anything that we would want. When you marry that force of a big God with your own idea of a big good, This is the stuff that most people call miracles, and I'm here to tell you it's just what you deserve. It's not a miracle, or it is a miracle, I guess, depending on how you look at it, but what I want to suggest is that a miracle is absolutely what you deserve and what God is willing to co-create with you in your own lives when your own ideas are big enough and your own unity with a big God is in place. You cannot help but be successful. And here's the way Ernest Holm puts it, and I love this quote a good deal. He says, that individual who gets the biggest concept of what we call life and what we call God is the one who gets the biggest flow into his or her word and so has the biggest power. We are too little, too picky unish, too personal, too full of ourselves. We need to accept things in a big, big way. My idea of health is that health is, it is complete, it is being. I do not think of health as getting better. Health is. We should take out, we should take as our standpoint the highest possible thought that we can. And now that's where I'm picturing myself entering that triathlete contest, right? This is beyond just knowing that I'm going to feel better tomorrow. I mean, I, I, you know, I'm embarking on some exercise. I'm eating a little better. And I do know that I'm going to be better tomorrow. But this should not be my goal. My goal is to know that I am simply whole and perfect. Nothing less. Nothing conceivably less than that. Okay. 
The other thing I want to suggest is if we want big changes in our life, we need to make a big room for the changes to take place. And my example here, you can, uh, my favorite ones are either with relationships or, or something physical you want, like maybe a new car or a new house or something. But let's start with relationships. So if you want a grand, new, beautiful relationship, maybe you're single right now and, and, and want to have a, a partner in your life, have you made room for them? Think about it. Is there an extra parking spot? Is there room in the closets for more clothes? Think about it. Do you really have room in your life for someone new or someone special? And even if there's someone special already in your life, have you made room for that person to really be the kind of love and the kind of qualities of loving that you want to receive? Have you already planned a date night out? Do you have quality time together that isn't involved in maintaining the house and doing things with the kids? Have you made room, literally room, in your own mind and in your own schedule for that which you desire? And and let's say maybe you've lived in an apartment all of your life and you want to move up to having your first house. Do you have room for it? Do you know the obligations of, of homeownership? Do you have a sense of how some of the things that would be taken care of in living in an apartment when that falls onto you, the responsibilities and some of those things? See, most people, I think, want things and want conditions to change, but they're not thinking like it's already happened. They're sitting in their own idea of good that's outpicturing the way things are outpicturing right now. And these thoughts of wanting something more or wanting something more beautiful or wanting something more loving, wanting something bigger, they're no more than just thoughts. We have neither upscaled the thought, we've neither upscaled our idea of God. Can you do three neithers in a row? And we've neither, <laughs> and we've neither upscaled our own ability to have and to hold it in the world. All right. So today, in one fell swoop, as they say, we're going to undo all that, and we're going to claim something really big. This book, um, written in 19... uh, Well, this particular reading, anyway, Ernest Holmes did in 1918, and it was one of his very first classes. He had actual students back then, and although it doesn't say, it sounds like in some, uh, some places that he's like maybe in his own home even with the students, and I think that might be the case here. And so this was his one of his first public healings. And so today, we are going to do a public healing to close this out. You can think of it as a meditation, so go ahead if you'd like and close your eyes, and I'm going to guide you through it. And at the very beginning of the talk, I said, who here would like to make a big change in their life? That's what we're going to take as the subject of this healing experience. So it might be a health issue that you want completely resolved. It might be a relationship that you want just to smooth out and be perfect. Really a, a big idea, a big leap. So, so now is not the time for watering down what you want. Claim it at its most luxuriant, at its most beautiful, at its most loving, at its most sweet. And here's what Ernest Holmes says. Take something that you feel your mind can encompass, something of which you have a mental cognizance within you now, and then realize that this word which is spoken is surrounded by an active power which projects itself around your thoughts. 
It forms the thing which your words embody, and it objectifies it. And we don't have to know why. In perfect calm, in confidence, and in perfect trust in yourself, just wait a moment. No matter how big a thing you've got, forget it. It is just as easy to demonstrate a big thing as a small one. The whole thing must be done without any sense of strain. God does not struggle. God just knows. So when we give a treatment, there should be no sense of strain or strife, only a sense of utter calm confidence. Know simply that beside you, there is none other. And since there is nothing to suppose, uh, to oppose our word or our thoughts, and since it is the word which is all, it does not have to struggle. With perfect confidence, let us each take that thing which we are working on, and the treatment which I shall give you is for myself and for each one of you and our united consciousness. I am thinking of the thing, I am working on it for myself as you work on yours. It is a great big thing. I feel that my consciousness is big enough to realize what it is and that it is mine to have. I feel that my mind can give birth to it, and so I know that the word which I am speaking right now is the law. I can just feel it surrounded by infinite intelligence and creative power. This word is the law of immediate activity in this thing. And realize that this is the law that says it now. It is the law of perfect harmony, of love, of peace, of abundance, of joy. There are no obstructions in the path. Nothing can obstruct it, neither people, nor place, nor thing, because none of these can intercept it. It is done in the mind now. That law of perfect attraction in me, which is the Spirit of the Almighty, is in me because I believe, and I know that it is going out and drawing that thing back. I know that my word is one with the infinite mind. Now just feel that you have passed this whole thing over to the infinite power and just feel that it is being taken up and done for you right now. We have no personal responsibility and we know that beyond it all is the infinite intelligence and power and the love of spirit. The God of all life, all activity, all power and all love, all attraction, the irresistible power of the spirit which sweeps before it everything. It knows all and it now knows it is complete. And so it is. Thank you very much. Thank you very much.